In the previous recording, we discussed five general differences that there are between, um, you know, the Torah's way of Yerusha, of inheritance, how, how inheritance automatically transfers to the halachic uh, heirs, and who are the halachic heirs in which scenarios, right? And the difference between secular inheritance and, you know, Western society, which generally just equates generally all children equal, um, you know, spouses generally do inherit each other, etc. Now, we'll talk about now, what about if a person would like to make the will or make an, make an inheritance or we'll call it to distribute to their assets when they pass away in a way where, let's just say, everyone's getting a, a portion, possibly an equal portion. Again, whoever's making the will would would, would, would make that decision. How do, what does the Torah look on this? Can you change what the Torah has dictated to us? So we'll start with Shulchanach, chapter 282. Uh, Shulchanach says that if you uh, gave away your possessions to others, this is in Choshen Mishpah, chapter 282, and you left the halachic heirs without uh, leaving them something, even though that they might not have been acting proper, let's say one of the children or of the children, some of them were not so uh, proper in their conduct, maybe they didn't give enough respect, etc. Nonetheless, the rabbis of the Talmud and the like were not uh, happy, they were not pleased with uh, disinheriting somebody who, is, who would be the halachic heir. Uh, nonetheless, if you do it in a way where it works, for example, you make like a gift or something like that. So it's, it's, it's in a gift and it takes place during the lifetime. It would work. It, w- it would be effective. Now, we, we didn't go and we did not talk about the effectiveness of a secular will. If no halachic uh, methods uh, were done, we didn't discuss that. And we'll leave that for a different recording. But here we're talking about if you, you know, simply arranged it in a way where you left the halachic heirs without something uh, it's, and, and, and you, it would not, it would work if you do it correctly, but the rabbis are not pleased with that. And then it goes on uh, to talk about one should not act as a witness in this to for such a will if they're removing the inheritance from one proper halachic heir, uh, heir to, to uh, you know, to remove him uh, or the like from inheriting. Now, um, the question, the question is, does that really apply? You know, today we we look at you know we you know all children are equal, parents, daughters and sons. Why should there be any difference? So I will first of all uh, mention um, that it's brought in the sefer called Gesher Hachaim. Gesher Hachaim was written by uh, it's actually a sefer basically um, in in regard to um, you know mourning laws and the like by the famous Rabbi Nisan Aaron Tukachinsky, who was a big post, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, not, that is his son, Rabbi Chil Michal Tukachinsky, who was a big posik in Yushalayim. He also was very involved in date, dateline and um, time halacha. And here he, he has a very, fa- a very famous magna opus on the, the laws of inheritance, uh, well, mainly on the laws of um, um, passing away and the like. But he has a section, a small section, also devoted to inheritance laws. And he says a story, it's in Gesher Chaim on page 42, where he says that there was a certain Talmud Chacham, Usher, a wealthy Talmud Chacham 
in Yerushalayim in those times. And he made, when he was writing up his will, he wanted that all of his inheritance should be divided exactly how it is prescribed in the Torah. The firstborn should get double, um, the, the regular sons should get uh, this regular portion. He had three daughters, and he didn't leave them anything. Uh, okay, the details of each child and their stand, stature, but nonetheless, he did it exactly how the Torah wanted it to be, as he, as he, he made it. And after, when he passed away, there was such a machlokis, there was such a uh, fight between uh, the children and a pirud, a division in the family, to the extent that the people, all the, the people in Yerushalayim were saying it would have been better off if he didn't leave anything over for anyone to inherit, because really, certainly what he had left over was a lot of fighting and hatred in the family. And though many rabbis commented on this, this Talmud Chacham from Yerushalayim, uh, that he said that he, he, he uh, did not follow or he forgot the words of the Jerusalem Talmud in uh, the beginning of chapter 12 of Yevamus, which says, Minig mevatol halacha, a custom can override a, a law. And that means to say that when we're talking about um, the customs with regard to acquiring and laws of uh, money, um, so um, sometimes we, we, we can have the custom will override what the halacha is. And being that the Minig already, well before, you know, this Talmud Chacham, for many, many years, the, the custom was to, to uh, consider the daughters and to give them a proper amount. So it was not right what this person did, who he wanted to give simply only, the, you know, exactly what is prescribed in the Torah. Didn't leave his daughters anything. And, of course, um, we look already in the Shulchan Arach, already from the times of the Ramah, Ramosha Israelis, he does mention in chapter 281, in Siv 7, in Siv Zion, the Ramah there writes that there is uh, already a well-known custom that he says that the, fa- that the, husband, uh, that the father or whoever, you know, the, the one who was bequeaving, he would uh, make what's called a shtar chatzi zachar. A shtar chatzi zachar means a, like an obligation that the, the, the daughter should inherit half of that of a boy. And the idea was so that uh, they shouldn't be left out. They shouldn't be left out. Now, the, the, so, so, so some will say, you can go, why only a chatzis zacher? Go all the way. Give them today, uh, you know, like uh, any child should be, get the same amount. So I won't, I won't go into that. That's not the discussion. Um, that, that's not my discussion I'm going to go into. But I will just say that the concept definitely existed that, the, that even though, according to Torah law, the girl wouldn't get anything already from the times of Ramah, they were already doing what's called a shtar chatzizacha, where the girl would get half, a, half an inheritance. How that works, we'll talk about in the next recording. In, and, and in that recording, we'll also discuss other laws of how one makes an effective uh, will or what type of documents will work in order to be able to transfer the ability for someone who's not a halachic heir, how they can in, 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 uh, inherit. So, so that's what the, the Ramah was doing. That's what the Ramah says was the custom. Now, it's interesting because um, we find also in the, in the Shulchan Aruch, so it says, you know, not to remove the inheritance. So there is an opinion brought down in Ktsay in, in 
chapter, again, on chapter 282 in the laws of Choshen uh, Mishpat, in the Ksois HaChoshen, it's in Sivkat and Beis, he brings down in the name of the Tashbits, he says there were many, um, there are documents of inheritance uh, documents, which had in them that they say, we'll do an inheritance um, you know, they'll make a whatever agreement, whatever they want to make. The father can give, uh, maybe he'll give all, he'll give each child exactly equal, whatever he wants to do, whatever his it. Then, however, he should leave over an, uh, a certain amount of money, which that inheritance should be exactly as prescribed by the Torah. How much does that need to be? There are differing opinions, but the Choshen uh, brings the name of the Tashbits that you, uh, if you would leave over the amount of four zoos, uh, that would be enough that that should be according to, to the Torah inheritance. So in other words, if a person was leaving or whatever amount, they, would, they could decide however they want to uh, make their inheritance in a way where it will be halachically effective. However, there should be four zoos. A, a zoos is a certain uh, type of coin from Chazal's time. We think of a ksuba. So, if, you know, a ksuba, you know, most ksubas will be 200 zoos. 200 zoos. So this is only four zoos. So the, the, if you leave over four zoos or, or some other number where that would be rationed according, um, it, you know, divided according to Torah. If there would be a firstborn boy, he would get double portion. If there would be uh, a, a, push, whatever, a regular boy, he would get single portion. But the other amount they could give as they wish. Now, a zoos, according to many poskim, is 4.8 grams of silver, which is not that much, to say the least. 4.8 grams of silver per zoos uh, times four zoos, you're talking about under 20 grams of silver. According to this opinion, the Tashvitz, it would be enough that that you could divide according to the Torah exactly, and the other remainder you could do as you wish. So this is just a, um, a, another thing to consider. But ultimately, as the rabbis say, you know, peace is a very, very important thing. And sometimes that just has to be into the consideration, which can be far more you know, valuable than, than anything else.